welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. It is coming up to Christmas and we've got a few games to cover. It will be thick and fast. Um, we literally cannot keep up with the amount of football that's happening at the moment. So um, just to kick us off, um, I've got Beryl Akis and I've got Andy Bell. Andy, what is your go-to Christmas movie? Go-to Christmas movie. Um, and you know what? I'm not that. Uh, I'm not a big movie man, which is a really weird thing to say. Um, Bad Santa's funny, isn't it? I, just, I forgot about that one. It is pretty good. Like, yeah, it's just somebody being a massive dickhead to other people, which I massively relate to. <laughs> yeah, I like those ones where you just the films or shows about people that are just assholes. Absolute um, cranks. Like, yeah, like like the thick of it, for example. Um, and it just always makes me feel better at myself that there's there's people out there that are bigger dickheads than I am. So that always <laughs> exactly. makes me happy. Yeah, Beryl, what about you? What's your go-to Christmas film? Yeah, uh, I I have to be old-fashioned here. I I. I try to watch it every year is it's a wonderful life uh, you know but but also like scrooge and and you know the, the yeah. movies you, you said that are more funny yeah, but I yeah i like i like scrooge i i'm the same i would i i try to watch a wonderful life um every year um you kind of have to be in the mood for it and i'm like a massive emotional mess sometimes when it comes to like like emotionally happy and sad things don't make me sad or make me cry happy things like, like really i really struggle with them especially if i'm hungover and emotionally compromised so i need to be in a ve- i need to be in a very very like sturdy emotional place to watch that um i'll throw a shout out for it was the animated one on netflix which i think is called it's called close i think which is dead good so if anybody like it, yeah, I like that one. Oh. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Really liked it. It was another one that like it had it had me on the edge. At is that some German? Point. Is that German Santa's surname? Is it? I, I, I don't know what it is. It's it's I don't know why it's close, but anyway, yeah, I can't I can't remember. I think there is something in the in the plot or storyline that kind of explains that, but I don't remember now because I, I I only I've only seen it once. Um, so I will do that one. So anyway. On, on to the other, the other men in red. Um, that was good, wasn't it? Yeah, it's pleased with that. It just popped into my mind. Okay, so Andy, let's kick off. It seems like ages and ages ago, but it's like literally only a week ago today, I think, or was it yesterday? I can't remember the Tuesday or Wednesday where we we went to Goodison Park and. You know, eight draws and one last minute 90 plus four win in the last nine visits there. And we rock up and we do the thing that we always expect ourselves to do, but never do, because normally they're dead good against us for some reason. But it was a bit like last season, except without the injuries and without the horrendousness. Um we just got laid into them, and we could be two. We could be two nil up before we're one nil up. If that makes sense. Um, there's so many chances. Um, Salah with a, a somehow for some reason doesn't head the ball. There's one before that as well. I can't remember now. Um, and then it's it's a masterclass in goal scoring, and it's a masterclass from the captain in the middle of the park, and it's. It's. It felt like it felt like revenge. It felt like, especially when Van Dijk went up to take that free kick. It felt like last season was very much in the players' minds when they walked out onto that pitch. Yeah, I think you look at the two results away to our rivals this season, and there can't have been a, a more emphatic pair of away results that Liverpool have ever had against those two teams. If there is, you're going right the way back, aren't you? It's just an incredible pair of performances in circumstances where, I know it's a cliche, but form genuinely does go out the window in those games. You look at Manchester United over the last three or four years where we've been consistently loads better than them. And yet there have been two years in a row where we've gone there and it's derailed our challenge for a title or 
four top four or whatever it may be, they've they've always seemed to get a result against us. And and Andy, to be whatever, fair, that was really. always it was always the same with United when the roles were reversed, when they were well better than us for years, but they never turned us over. Yeah, we always made it a game for them. And same with Everton. You look back to those, the, you know, the, the season we get, what, 97 points and don't win the league. Uh, the draws at, at, at Old Trafford and Goodison Park are a massive part of why we don't win the league that year, as well as City being absolutely amazing. So to see us remove what I think is a mental block from those two grounds over the last year, and I think for, for Manchester United away, the, the 4-2 last season, albeit there's no supporters in, I think that plays a massive part in removing the mental block for them. Uh, whether they've taken something from Old Trafford into Goodison Park, I'm not sure, but to go there and win 4-1, no matter how bad Everton are, no matter what the state of the, the club is, is still just an, an incredible achievement. It was, a, it was a phenomenal performance from start to finish. Their goal is just so bizarrely out of the blue as well. You know, they couldn't have complained if it was 5 or 6-0. Um, I think, you know, 4-1 does flatter them in the end. Um, we take the foot off the gas slightly. It was it was just amazing. Um, Mo Salah was on top form again. The captain, I thought, was, was amazing. And I know we'll come on to talk about the other games that we've played since then. His performances over the last few weeks have just been amazing as well. And he's really stepped up. And I was a bit worried after the Man City game where the midfield looked a bit leggy and couldn't press as much. And the game was being played on Manchester City's terms. I wondered, was the midfield agent slightly or didn't have the depth? And, you know, was there something in the fact that we didn't offer Henderson a contract initially in the summer? But I don't think there is. I think he's just getting himself back to fitness now. And he's going to be a massive part of what we do this season. And it's kind of sparked the, the jotter of juvenation as well, hasn't it? It's He was a player that was massively getting in his own head, like the way we've seen from Mane in recent weeks or even recent years at times in patches. Um, but he's back to his, his brilliant best now. He's, he's scoring goals. He's the pressing monster that we were all promised. Um, and he's come in and he's improved or certainly kept up the level. That's yeah, he, for me he's, doing more, he's doing more bits, isn't he? He's, he's, he's less, he's less kind of, because there was a period, and it's 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 a harsh criticism because the guy sticks the ball in the tent, and you can't honestly, I think there's there's not enough value on boys who just stick the ball in the tent, but he did tend to kind of go missing in games um, and not really contribute if he wasn't sticking the ball in the tent, but. He seems to be working that position out slowly but surely. And I, for one, feel like I've seen that in his performances over the last number of weeks. Yeah, a few people have had that criticism of him that when he is kind of like the, the strikers that we've we've seen in the Premier League over the years who you play because they stick the ball in the net. Um, and even though they might not do anything else. And as you say, the issue is if they do, if they don't put the ball in the net, they do nothing. And... But Jota for me never really was that. Even when he was scoring goals, there were never games where I thought, oh, Jota's done nothing there and he scored a goal. Maybe one or two, but it was never the type of player I thought he was. And I thought some of the criticism, the, the widespread criticism of him that he was that type of player who was purely a goal scorer was, was never really that fair. Um, but of course, now he's got the goals back. He's he's looking like that all-encompassing striker slash forward player again. And it's great to see because he is phenomenal. He's a great player. He's so tenacious. He, he presses so well. Um, and he's an instinctive finisher as well. And he's such a, he's such an incredible addition to that front three. And I absolutely love him. And I'd love to see if he can stay fit for a full season. Like if he stayed fit for those three months in the middle of last season, how many goals could he have got? You know, he could have easily, he wouldn't have done solid numbers, but he would have been between 20 and 30. I think that's what he's going to do this season. He's an absolute phenomenon. I love him. Yeah, absolutely. Beryl, you know, I think last season at Goodison, we go in there with the midfield, the midfield that we're all waiting for, Fabinho, Thiago, Henderson. And while the three of them are on the pitch, we look absolutely imperious. And then the whole season kind of falls. It doesn't fall apart from there, but that's that's kind of the first Jenga piece that's pulled out um, that starts the wobble. Um, and we rocked up this season with those three again. And this has been a theme and the stats are there for all to see. I think it's, what is it, 14 games, 13 wins, one draw when, when Fabinho and and Thiago start together. And I'm looking at it. I think 
to me, that Everton game, that kind of axis, that almost double pivot sort of thing, it's not really, but it kind of is. Not only does it give us a bit more security and it gives us a bit more control, but it also gets the best out of Henderson. And that was borne out on the pitch at Goodison Park as well. That midfield three looks so beautifully balanced at the moment. It absolutely, absolutely does. Um, and, and you know, um, uh, I, I, it's it's not set in stone uh, that, that this should be, um, uh, you know, uh, the. And you, we we had this time that that we that we could that we could name the, the first eleven and and, and uh, the, the midfield players players were all uh, the same at that moment as well. But now. Um, when Harvey Elliott is back, uh, when Keita is back, when Curtis Jones is back, and uh, Ox is is available at this moment, uh, it will be interesting to to mix things up every now and then. But um, you know, in the important games, and when when you need to be, um, you know, as solid as you can, as as controlled as you can, then you know this is the the go-to midfield, I'd say. Um, and and they they are showing it, and um, and it, and and, and it, I think it's it's nice. Uh, that Hendo scores that goal, and you know against Everton, it's 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 not just a goal; it's a very good goal. It's the one nil, you know, breaking the deadlock. Uh, and and some people can only um, appreciate um, a, a performance when when the, there are you know tangibles like like goals and assists. Um, I I don't think he needs to uh, score lots of goals or or give assists to to be very useful for 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 Liverpool. But uh, you know, every now and then, it's nice to to, to have those uh, those 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 um, you know very very evident uh, um, you know um, uh, achievements. Let's put it that way. Um, I, it, it was it was glorious um, to watch this game. You know, the 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 amount of control that we had. You know, and and Everton being totally powerless against us. Uh, until we, you know, uh, took our foot off their their throats, uh, you know, at two nil. But uh, it, it was it was clear that that uh, you know that there was revenge in their minds, um, um, not only um, you know by playing very well, but uh, it was it was a, a very um, you know the, the moment that that Virgil van Dijk uh, takes the ball because he wants to 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 shoot the free kick and you know. Uh, Against um, the you know okay let, let's call him not call him names against the, the the goalkeeper that 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 you know derailed his his season and and not only his season but also took took away uh, the the European Championships for him um, uh, you know that 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 goes to show that that they were thinking about you know paying um, paying them paying them back you know giving them. Um, uh, you know, uh, showing them that that last season was was over and that we were back, and and, and showing them that uh, you know that that we hadn't forgotten what they had done to us. Um, you know, and not by beating us, but you know by very unfair means. So it, it was it, it was it was nice to to go there and to to silence that crowd, or you know, better said, let them boo their own team. Um, and, and and I think this is a mental block being lifted. Uh, Klopp said this was the best um, we have performed uh, at Goodison uh, under his reign. And I think that's true. Uh, and, you know, um, maybe the curse has been lifted. Yeah, there is a lot to be read into around teams' mentalities going to certain grounds. And we've seen it with Arsenal over the years after... Rogers side and and late 2013 absolutely blew them away in 20 minutes and they're still suffering the effects of that and you know getting a result like that will I think inevitably make it easier in future seasons as as Andy stated earlier on last season's result at Old Trafford just gave us the confidence to rock up there and do what we did to them so Taking that into the, the next game at the weekend, Andy, Wolves, it's kind of the same thing. It's kind of the same thing where we never find it easy there. It's always a grind, but we always somehow have managed to get over the line. And, you know, 
we left it as late as, as possible. Um, they showed no real intent to win the game, I thought. Traore comes back in, I thought that he would, and Traore is a problem, and the reason that Traore I think is a problem is because you kind of need to, you need to, you need to adapt specifically for him, but the thing is, you can afford to adapt specifically for him if he's the only plan they have to go and try and score a goal, and that looked the way that it was, and we, we managed them beautifully throughout that match, and it wasn't as close as I've been that it looks. I think the XG bore that out. It's it's kind of 2.3 sort of XG. The John Amis obviously kicked up a big chunk of that. But um, I think we're a lot better than the result and kind of narrative after the game kind of suggested that we were. And obviously, the big man comes on and he just... He just sticks it in the tent because there's a thing I have on Origi and I know this is a really long and convoluted question and I'm sorry about that but people have a lot of kind of concerns about Origi's mentality, his attitude his motivation but in actual fact I think that that is one of his greatest assets because he is just so relaxed that Moments like that, important, key, high-pressure situations, he just doesn't seem to get that kind of worked up about them, and that enables him to kind of be in control and and not snatch at things and and just be really calm, take a touch, sends the goalkeeper across with his first touch and then just snaps it in, and we win the game. And what, like, what a man, honestly. Yeah, legend, I think, as Jurgen Klopp said, and he is that. He's scored so many important goals that have led to titles, that have led to Champions Leagues, that have led to even just runs of momentum, things that you can't quantify, but he's been so crucial to. You even think that Europa League run going right the way back to the start of Jurgen Klopp, where he was one of the best strikers in the league at the time. He was an absolute handful. He's a, he was a different striker to what he is now. I think the injuries have absolutely to him. But he one of the game, the game away in the game away in Dortmund, where I think it's one each and he scores the goal, is absolutely phenomenal. And don't forget, that's only two seasons after Daniel Sturridge was the second best striker in the league. And I know Sturridge had his injuries, but for a lot of that season, Sturridge was fit, and Divock Origi was playing ahead of him, uh, and rightly so. And on on the form he was he was showing. He was amazing, and I'm completely with you on your basically everything you've said about your your description of him there. Um, he doesn't give a fuck, but not in a way that you know you watch. I don't know Manchester United players, and they don't give a fuck because they're on so much money and they're mercenaries, and um, they think they're too good for it and they're arrogant. It's nothing like that for Divock. He's just so dead relaxed about life. I think we've all seen. I'm sure, everyone listening has seen the the excerpt in. James Miller's book where he talks about you know if something's been left on the plane headphones or whatever it's always going to be Divock and he talks about when he came on in the derby he thinks the reason he went and got the ball out of the net was because he hadn't been paying attention he thought he'd equalised instead of scored the winner there's some great stories that come out about him and Planet, as you Planet said, Divock I think he calls it isn't it Planet Divock Planet Divock and uh, Jürgen said in his interview after the game on Saturday the, the instructions just or sorry Divock or he said himself the instructions were just be Divock um, which in itself is just, he's a unique personality and a unique member of the squad. And don't get me wrong, when he starts a game and you have a frustrating result, that sort of attitude, laid-back attitude, not laid-back is probably the wrong word, but relaxed attitude can come across wrong at times. But I don't think it's meant to be like that at all. I don't think he's putting any lack of effort in. He's just a really cool, calm customer. And he's a bit crap at times. He definitely is. Um, that must be the first But again, as you say that, as you say that, I... I don't think that people people marry performances like you're talking about with his attitude, and I don't think that that is a link that should be made. I don't think it is either, and but I do think you're you're completely right in what you say in the sense that you know Jota in that situation, the w- way his day was going, he would have snatched at it, or he'd have tried to flick it, or he'd, he he wouldn't have had the composure to take the touch spin and and put it in like that. I said to my mate, I was watching it with my mate in the flat here, and I said to him, 
in a weird way, he's the only player in our squad that can score that type of goal in the sense that he can take that touch out of his body and he knows he has the physicality and the strength to push a defender off, to give him the space to get the turn and to apply the finish. You know, I'm not saying nobody else would have scored in that position, but what he does, I think he's the only member in our squad that could do that. Um, and on the game in general, I think I was saying to myself, there are some games, frustrating games against teams lower down the league where you can see from early on that it's going to be an absolute dog of a game and you might just not get the result. Whereas for a lot of that game on Saturday, it felt like it was coming and it felt like we were going to get the goal at some stage. And it would have been a travesty if we didn't win that game. We were so dominant. We had so many big clear-cut chances. The Jota one's the obvious one, but you know, there's a Jota header as well. There's a Salah chance. There's a Mane one later on. You know, we we probably could have won that game 2 or 3-0. And the way we talk about the game and Liverpool's performance is always going to be based on the narrative of the result. But, you know, if we get the goals that we deserve to get from that game, you're talking about a phenomenal away performance where, as Burrell says, that three in midfield were just phenomenal again. The front three created chances for themselves and we never looked at all like we were going to concede. They had that out ball every time over the top, which never really worked for them. Um, you know, our spaces in between the back line and Alisson were pretty much always perfect. There were a couple of times we got Adama Traore in a position, but it, it was always in wide areas. The direct ball over the top was never working for them. Um, and it was a phenomenally negative display from Wolves, really. Um, and I don't harbour any ambition that we'll get anything at Manchester City this weekend because I don't think they're that good at all. We'll pick up enough points to stay up, but they're not a particularly good side. And they're not a particularly... I mean, they were so obvious about the fact that they were playing for a nil-nil. Other teams can hide it a little bit better or... You know, but they were so shameless about it almost. And uh, I think with the the time wasting as well, it was a satisfying one from our perspective as well, wasn't it? Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Beryl, it's you harbored more confidence. I was kind of, I think I put it in the group that it, it just didn't. It looked like it wasn't going to be one of. It looked like it was go, it was going to be one of those days where no matter what you did, the ball just wasn't going to go in the net. And I kind of. Do you know that thing where you do where you kind of try and put the jinx on yourself? Do you know? And I, I often try to do that. I often try to be negative with. with we all do, with, yeah. Yeah, with the hopes that with the hopes that the football and gods will go out of their way to make an idiot out of me to my own benefit. Um, but again, just just on the performance itself. And the, probably the manner of the victory, to me, those mean more. I've talked about this a lot. Those mean more. Those give those wins give you something as an individual and as a collective group, an extra burst of belief and conviction and convincing that this season is going to mean something and there's something at the end of it. And there's that old kind of adage that, you know, results like that are results that win you titles. When it isn't going for you and you somehow get yourself over the line. Absolutely. The, the reaction to the bench said it all. And I think this this could be one of those watershed moments that we often talk about with this side, do you think? Yeah, I'd like to think so. Yeah, you know, a week before that, we we won against Southampton. I you know I, I lost track. Was it four nil, something like that? And yeah, it it um, um, it gives you three points uh, if you win one nil or you win four nil. But you know, uh, it's it's better for your uh, for your goal average, etc. But yeah, this this was this was a lot better in the in the sense that. You know, we deserved to win that game. It wasn't, a, you know, we didn't steal it, but um, we, it looked like we wouldn't get it, and it they they frustrated us and they frustrated us, and 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 they were already, uh, and the crowd was already, uh, um, you know, um, um, cheering their their performance and being happy with their with their uh, with their point, and then at the death, um, by being calm, by doing what we do, you know. Um, uh, Virgil playing the the cross ball on uh, on Salah, you know something he he does at least five times a, a game. Uh, Salah being 
uh, even in the 94th minute in uh, you know being concentrated and 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 uh, I thought his control was was too heavy and he he but it wasn't <laughs> it was perfect it allowed him to to sprint for you know before meeting the ball again for his second touch and he, and um, uh, and you know you, you already talked about how Divock uh, you know converted that it was it was it was very cool very as if it wasn't the 94th minute I, if as if as if it wasn't the nil nil but you know um, uh, but it's a really good it, point you make Beryl because it's that <coughs> everything you've said there that is a very Liverpool goal. It's a very, very Liverpool goal. It's not a, it's the last minute. Let's, you know, <laughs> let's throw the centre half up front and let's throw Stephen Cocker into the into the penalty box and stick yeah. it in the mixer. Bloody you know, yeah. it's, there's literally seconds left, but we, we stick, we stick to what we know. We stick to what we know we're good at. We, we move them around. We get our guys in the right position. And, and as you say, that it's, it's a tactic that we employ. Yeah, and 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 that would mean that the next time you are, you know, you are facing uh, someone who, who, like Andy rightfully said, you know, has has no intention to score a goal themselves, and and is uh, would be very happy with the nil-nil draw. Um, yeah, that, and 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 it, sometimes it is hard to overcome them, especially when you you know when you spurn the chances that you do get. Um, it it would give us the patience uh, the next time as well because you know it, the patience has been vindicated has been rewarded this time um, and, and you know we, we got what we deserved um, we we uh, the, the XG shows it but you know we, we all saw it um, um, you know Jota's miss was incredible he he he, he was being booed all, all the time which I really don't understand because you know this is not. Uh, a Wolverhampton-born lad who who has played all his life in the academy and then leaves uh, his club for for the bigger club um, uh, against their will. No, it's, it, this was a Portuguese kid that they bought and and developed and 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 then uh, when they sold him, they were really happy with the price. So it, it's really strange to boo him, but he was clearly frustrated and it was his birthday, so he was. Probably already, you know, thinking about how he would would cheer after scoring the goal, but you know, uh, instead of the goal, he hit uh, um, what's his name's bollocks. But uh, you know, our Liverpool Cody. lad, <laughs> yeah, Cody's bollocks. And uh, you know, fair play to him, um, he did well to stop that. So you know, all of that made it indeed uh, a, a much sweeter a victory than you know. A, 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 a routine two nil would have been. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a lesson in in calmness. At all we've talked about there, um, you know, we don't abandon what we what we know and what we're good at and what we're coached to do and what we're trained to do, because that's what these teams want. These teams want you to. These teams want you to throw caution to the wind. These teams want you to kind of become frustrated and and take unnecessary risks and catch yourself out of position to try and gain an extra yard on somebody and, and use the likes of Triority to exploit that. But right up until the last minute of the game, um, we I don't think we did that. Do that. I, I think we were uh, not patient of, enough against West Ham. We, we you know, we, they scored a really early goal and we, we got really impatient and wanted to amend things then we scored the 1-1 one, one and and then thought okay now now we will um do it again in in second half and 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 i think now we've shown that we should should be should have been and should be uh, in the future uh, more patient and just you know uh, have uh, confidence in what we're doing because it works absolutely it's it's hopefully a lesson learned and you 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 know all, all things being, all things being as I hope they will be, we can look back at that West Ham game and, and kind of um, almost relate it to the the Spurs Wembley four one scenario where we looked at that and thought, right, we're, we're just never going to allow that to happen again. So anyway, six points. It's a great start. This is historically. Um, a period of the season that the Klopp 
has been able to really capitalise on. He's really honed the, the squad rotation, um, how he manages his players. We've seen Thiago. Yeah, I, I don't think Thiago's done 90 yet. I'm not sure. He's getting hooked all the time. And again, coming into the Milan game, Andy, we know he's going to utilise all those five subs. We absolutely know he is. Um, and he goes out there strong. He goes out there with 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 Mane, with Salah. Um, the back four is totally changed. <laughs> but like, if you, it's bizarre if you think back the last season. Um, when we miss our centre halves, etc. The back four is a completely new back four, and I'm looking at it and going, you know, that's not bad. And Joe Gomez, like, it's still, Joe Gomez is on the bench and he hasn't kicked the ball yet this season. Like, we're in pretty good nick there. Um, the midfield's changed. Chamberlain comes in. And I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying his performances at the moment. And again, the big man steps up, or he gets the winner. And it's just, and it makes an absolute mockery out of that group of death. It's, it's another kind of historical footnote. Um, for the club, uh, I think we're only the ninth team to complete the Champions League group with maximum points. Um, and if you do remember, all those years ago, there used to be two group stages in the Champions League. And we're the first English side to do it. All in all, we go out there and we we just... We ju- it's just another another example of how we genuinely are like light years above the majority of other teams, not just in the Premier League, but right across the continent. Yeah, we make eight changes there and we go to what is right now the best team in Italy, according to the league table. Um and they look and they're one of Andy, they're one of they're one of only five teams, including us, to have scored in every league game this season. Right, okay, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it surprised me last night, to be honest, when the commentator said that, that they were top of La Liga, or sorry, top Serie A, because they didn't look anything anything great to me, but that's a lot to do with what we're doing and how we stifle teams and how we set up. And you know, right across the pitch, there were some great performances. Just to start in Origi, it's a really, really good header. Um, he needs to generate all the power on that himself, and it's an awkward height. It obviously comes off the goalkeeper. And he's great at those sort of awkward goals. I heard somebody um, on the Anfield Rap this week uh, describing him as like, you put a Rigi on when you want to play a massive game of Boggle and everyone needs to think in new words. He just completely shakes things up. And what an asset he is to have. And he can just score scrappy, weird goals like that. Um, But my favourite moment was he, he gets played through at one point and he's quite close to goal. And he tries this ridiculous thing where he opens the body right the way up. And his shot in the end doesn't even reach the net. It's that bad. <laughs> if you ever want a pair of um, opportunities to sum up Divock Origi, I think those two um, are exactly that. The back four is really good. Kanate, I think, just looks like a player who, if he isn't already, is just going to turn into an absolute monster of a defender He's for the next 22. few years. He was 22 just decent, years old. And you, you know... You don't want to focus on the physical prowess because it's a it's an overplayed stereotype of a of a black players and they never end up getting the credit for how good footballers they are and but you can really see that about him both sides of his he's, game where he's yeah he's very cool he's very Koulibaly to me yeah but he's better in the ball than Koulibaly yeah and um, you know he he's he's very front foot and um, and he steps out but he takes the touch and he finds the pass every time um. Uh, you know, Phillips is a couple of Andy, moments, I think. Andy, yes. Can, can we just take a moment to talk about that Matt Phillips turn in the penalty area? <laughs> was, oh, I think I cheered more than the goals when I saw that. I was like, that's my boy. I was so pleased for him. And he's uh, at the home of Berizzi as well. Berizzi was AC Milan, wasn't he? You'll know better than Oh, Berizzi would, um, would have been proud of that. Berizzi would have been <laughs> lighting the changing room up with recounts of the situation after the match yeah I mean I think there's a moment like five seconds into the game where there's a ball um, basically that goes straight to Phillips and he's, he's in about 20 yards of space and he still just heads it as hard as he can I thought I've missed that <laughs> I haven't but I have in a way because 
he was such a he was so symbolic of that mad end of the season last year, wasn't he? Um, and he yeah he gets sucked in a couple of times. He's listen, he's he's up for sale in January, isn't he? Wouldn't be surprised to see him go. Don't think he's going to get that many more appearances in a red shirt. But as far as the fifth choice centre half goes, um, he's not bad at all. I thought Nico Williams was brilliant last night. Um, and I think he's actually really, really stepped up this season when he's come in. Uh, I always said the stick he got last year was massively overplayed. And I think it was indicative of uh, an entitled fan base who it's almost like cool to moan about things on Twitter. And it shows you're a super fan if you're if you're the most fuming, if that makes sense. And because there was yeah. literally nothing to be angry about last year and people you know, were picking on this kid who maybe conceded a couple of goals at Lincoln in a 7-2 win, I think it was. I think it was after that game, which, you know, is just crazy. Um, but he's a really good footballer. Uh, he's shown it for Wales in a couple of games he's played this year, um, even in the lead-up to the European Championships where he was dropped for a couple of games. But he plays right wing for them in a team that's, you know... Yeah, he plays, like right side, he plays like right side of the front three sometimes. He pushes them up. And, and we saw that in the in the sort of second half of the game against Preston, didn't we, where he brings on Connor Bradley and pushes Williams and I think mm-hmm. he actually does that for the... He makes the goal, actually. He makes one of the goals, doesn't he, from that position? He, he assists the Origi goal, and he does that for a bit last night when he brings Joe Gomez on, doesn't he? Um, and he, he puts Williams... Williams must get about uh, 15 minutes last night in the, uh, in the in the forward position. So he can play that, and he, he, he can play at wing-back as well. He's very versatile. He's just a good footballer, isn't he? Um, he's just got a nice technique. He's got a nice turn on him. He recycles the ball well. Okay, he's not going to take on a man and or whip a ball in like Trent. As far as a second choice right back goes, he's not bad at all. And I thought he was really good last night. Uh, I thought Shemekis had a good game as well. Um, you can see he's massively grown in confidence. Some of his crosses were wild, but um, some of his just general football. <laughs> the, the first one, good. I think, leaves the stadium, doesn't it? <laughs> but, but, you know, you can have players, Dave, who just sort of float a ball in and it can look okay. But realistically, the attacker has to do so much with it. Whereas with the whipped crosses, and it's always the case with corners as well, where your dad's always moaning that professional footballers can't beat the first man. But it's because they're trying to get that whip in the ball, which if you... You're basically right, trying to get it a yard over the first man's head. That's what yeah, they want. And to get that whip on it, you know, if you get that spot on, all it takes is a touch to get a goal. Whereas anyone can float the ball into the box, but... the you probably need to be three headers on it before you get any sort of a chance. And uh, anyway, I digress. The, the fullbacks played well, um, and I agree with you in the midfield. I thought Morton played relatively well in that position as well. Mina Mino and Chamberlain in front of him. You're not getting a hell of a lot of protection for a 19 year old lad who I don't think said defensive midfielder by trade in the San Siro against the best team in Italy in a game they have to win. So he did himself no harm at all. And um, and there's no point really going on about the front three. We all know they're they're really good. Salah's goal is really well taken, and um, and they get a bit of rest in the end. But yeah, Divokarigi, two two winners in a week. The winner in the San Siro five years ago, we'd be talking about that as a massive massive moment. And such is the quality of the squad and the the team we have now. And the results we're getting, eighteen points in the group of death. We're just sort of like, yeah, it's uh, it's just what we do. But I think he deserves great credit for that. And uh, yeah, it, it's as somebody who. I've been saying, just from the final point, over the last couple of weeks, I've been saying that um, you know, that team that plays against Everton, that team that plays against Wolves, that team is the best 11 in the league. It's just about how, how the extent to which we can keep that 11 together. And we all know about City squad depth, but maybe I'm being a little bit harsh on our squad depth there because that team that played last night, there's loads of changes, but they compete absolutely fine. And I think if you know some members of that team do have to step up at certain points this season, I think some of them showed last, uh, last night that they're capable of doing it. Yeah, absolutely. They're all, it's, as Andy says, it's eight changes and, and, you know, I'd say that's eight out of 10 instead of eight out of 11 because I don't really count the goalkeeper as a change, not really. Um, and, we're just really good. Like, we're in, we're, we're so in control of the game. They look, they look frightened, they look scared and I think, I think we start the game well. We, we, we assert our authority early on. Again, Chief's going to... I'm going for a pint with Chief tomorrow night and he's probably going to give me a whole pile of stick because his soapbox is, 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 is ox. And I like him. And again, I think we, we saw another good example of how he's 
getting his confidence, his fitness, his sharpness, his match sharpness back. And also Naby Keita comes comes back and gets some minutes. Um, I think it's Milner on the bench, I think. Is he? No, he was uh, he, he, oh, Milner he was the yellow. Yeah. Milner was suspended, yeah, but, but available. So, you know, w- we've heard the moans and groans about shit about another midfielder, blah, 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 blah. But that midfield three, I think seems to be being really protected. We did it again, but we have like high quality options to come in there that are now starting to find their way back to fitness and availability just at the right time. And something else that I think is significant is we talk about an injury in a negative way, obviously, because it is negative. But what we have is with an Kaida coming back in there, he hasn't played football in a month. He's had a month off. It'll take him a, a, a while to get back fit, but he should be able to go and go, you would hope, um, until obviously he gets injured again. But that that's what you need now at this time of the season. And we've got players there that are kind of fit and fresh. Thiago's kind of the same. And we're looking really good, Nick, going into like what will now become the real nitty-gritty of, of games in like three days, two days at some point. Yeah, it, it, it you know uh, in in the uh, eighteen nineteen season, I, I think we we always played, you know, w- with a with a with a few ex- ex- exceptions. Of course, we always played the same team, and uh, we needed to because there was no depth, and and that um, rhythm gave us you know a remarkable points tally, uh, which only amounted to you know uh, the second place. But n- never mind that. Um, you know, th- there is something in that, uh, and we know that Klopp likes uh, likes rhythm, and um, and I-, I thought, you know, just coming back to uh, to, to the Wolves uh, game, I-, I thought it was a mistake to, to name the same eleven uh, against against Wolves, but you know, uh, in the end, uh, when you win, everything is vindicated. But um, he probably did so because he, he knew uh, we had this dead rubber against uh, AC Milan uh, that, that we could, you know, uh, in which we could rest everyone that we wanted. Um, but the good thing about these uh, rotations, uh, and especially so when you and you also, you know, win games with it, is that you give confidence and rhythm to to all those other players that you know have a chance to show what they can and. And some of them did. I, I thought Ox did play really well, and he, he has been playing well in recent weeks. And um, you know, for the first goal, um, uh, that dribble that he that he does that he makes—I uh, don't know what the verb is there—but you know, you, you understand. Uh, I don't think we have lots of players in in uh, you know, especially in the midfield positions that can do that. You know, uh, dribble uh, and have. Uh, the acceleration to 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 get past uh, midfielders, uh, um, defenders, and then take a shot. And, you know, it, the shot didn't go in, but uh, the rebound did. Uh, and so he brings something to to that midfield. He brings something to our team when he's fit. Man, I'm, you know, I'm really, I, I had almost given up on him. Maybe I, I could say not almost, but I had given up on him. Um, but he, he he seems to prove me wrong. Um, I had almost given up on Nabi Keita, and he played really well until he got injured again, uh, which you know brings me back to 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 not trusting him to 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 deliver for uh, um, you know longer stretches uh, in the season. But you know who know who knows? Maybe his his luck is now with him, but we'll see. And and you know there's Curtis Jones. I don't know what happened to Curtis Jones. Something with his eye, but you know we haven't seen him for a long while now. And um, it, it's only a year ago that he scored against Ajax in the arena here in Amsterdam, and, um, um, and he, he didn't progress a lot from that moment on. Maybe because lots of injuries, but um, yeah, I, I, I still have hopes, high hopes for him. Uh, Harvey Elliott is coming back, so th- I, I think we are in a in a much better place than we were. Um, two seasons ago, um, one season ago, and you know, the, I've, I've I've said this before. I, I don't count the last season because it, it was a freak season. There were no, uh, there were no crowds. Um, we had this horrendous 
uh, injury crisis pandemic uh, of our own. Uh, so I, I, I really, you know, in my mind that that season has has never, you know, it, it has never been a real season. So this is the follow up on the 1920 season, and I think we are in very good nick. And it, it it's it's just amazing to see all these young players and uh, i really agree uh, about um uh, nico williams he, he 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 wanted to show what he can bring and and you know that is uh, you know a lot you know he he won't displace uh, trent with it but but still you know if if trent needs to be rested or something or we want to try something else then you know i, I would trust nico to to deliver um, Morton is really young, but you know, <laughs> really interesting what he what he can deliver. You know, already now, uh, Nat Phillips, wow, um, and and Ibrahim Konate, yeah, it's 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 the future. So it's it, it looks really good. I don't want to jinx it. You know, we, we've talked about jinxes before, but it's it's looking really exciting. Um, I have to say. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, it certainly is. Um, so, really exciting. Champions League, 18 points from six games. It's ridiculous. We win the group out of counter, the group of death. We just basically take the piss out of the group of death. Um, and what that leaves us now with Andy, just to do a couple of minutes, the draw will be like some random Friday and it'll take like four hours to, to draw like some matches, especially with this now UEFA Conference League thing. Um but we've got a fair idea of who we can draw in the last 16. Um, I just wonder what your thoughts are. We've got PSG. We've got Sporting, who we can't call Sporting Lisbon anymore, but as Sporting Lisbon. Um, Inter Milan. Um, Benfica, who have finished second ahead of Barcelona. Unlucky Barcelona. Unlucky Philip Coutinho. There's another cautionary tale. Love those. Um, Salzburg. And there's a funny little thing going on. Um, the Atalanta Real game was postponed tonight due to like ridiculous snowfall um, in Bergamo. So it'll be one of those two sides. I said a while ago, um, certainly a few years ago, that it didn't really matter whether you finished second or first because there were so many strong teams in the European Cup. I don't necessarily stand by that anymore because, A, there's not. We've seen the demise of so many big sides and also we're class. Yeah, um, it's interestingly, that's an authentic reaction to the draw because, um, as I said earlier in the free thought, I didn't actually... Uh, I didn't actually know who was through tonight. I completely forgot it was football tonight, to be honest, when you called. Um, but it's a weird thing. I'm not sure if they've always done this, but certainly in like the last six or seven years, they've done this sort of thing where it's like the top eight leagues in Europe. The top, the winners in the top eight leagues in Europe are automatically top seeds. So that, by nature, makes a load of groups that are a bit crap because we all know, apart from the English... German, Spanish, and uh, Italian league generally. Sometimes the French league, if it's PSG, but in this occasion it wasn't. It was Lille. Um, teams outside of there generally are not that they're not very good, but they're never going to challenge us over two legs of a of a European knockout tie, are they? You know, you've got your Porto, your Ajaxes, really good teams, but they're never you know around a sixteen Champions League tie. It's a it's a nice draw, isn't it? So I'm looking at it and I'm sort of thinking. Um, I'm sort of thinking PSG, you, you generally want to avoid, even though they seem to drop points left, right and centre. I think uh, they're crap. Do you? Mm-hmm. I think they're crap. I think they have, I think they're so flawed. I think they're so unbelievably flawed. They are. Um, yeah, they've got, they've got, they, they can score a goal out of nothing, but I think over two legs, I don't think it's a contest, to be honest. That's brave. I don't know. Um, just, it was the last part of what I said. Do you remember, we're class. Like I genuinely think we're that good, honestly. Well, we are in the top three in Europe at the very worst, aren't we? We're in the top three, and that'll that'll have you. 
um, competing for these these trophies. I don't know. I think PSG just just the name of it uh, and the players that are there. And it's Pochettino who is a good manager. Um, albeit there's inherent problems at that club and always really have been as I think we talked about maybe in the pre-pod. Um, and yeah, the, the other teams on there, Inter Milan, have sort of fallen off a bit of a cliff this season, I believe. You'll know better than me following Serie A, Dave, but they're certainly not the team they were last year under Conte, where um, they pretty much walked the league in the end, didn't they? Um, yeah, so... they lost to Kaku, and they, but but I think they they are they're starting to build a bit of momentum. Last night is a, a kick in the teeth for them. Um, it's not the result they wanted, but for me, they're probably the best team in Serie A, really. Still, okay. even without Lukaku. So, as I say, the the way they've done this draw, where um, you know the Russian champions are always seed one, and like the second best team in England are, are in pot two. You know, it's just it's completely lopsided. It completely destroys the idea of seeding. Albeit, I'm sure they're trying to um, talk up some of their lesser leagues that maybe aren't taking this seriously. I don't know, but it creates lopsided draws. It creates group of groups of death. Um, in inverted commas after what Liverpool have done, but it also creates some crap groups like the Lee, Salzburg, Wolfsburg one. <laughs> so there's always a, a team, you know, from there who, who end up being like the, the dream draw in the next round. So yeah, we'll just wait and see. I think um I think we're due a bit of luck in the draws really, aren't we? Compared to what City have had for years now. I think we're due uh, a nice little draw, a nice little run. So let's let's wait and see. I think we'll get it. Okay. Beryl, who do you fancy there? Or do you care? We can't uh, we can't draw Porto this time. <laughs> we, no, we've already we can't. <laughs> we can't. No, it's um, yeah, we, we can't. Um, you know, from the runners up, Atletico Madrid, we can't uh, draw them. So that that's good. We can't draw Chelsea for obvious reasons, and, and the rest is yeah. It they're all, and I, I'm sure they would agree, and their fans would agree. Not as good as we are. Uh, then again, we're the um, team. We're the team that no one wants to get. Basically, if you want to look yeah. at it that way, we always I'm, look at it through the prism of our own mind. But realistically, people are looking at us going, "Can really do without drawing Liverpool?" Yeah, we won at Atletico Madrid. We won at at, at Milan. We won at Porto. So this is nothing to be sneezed at. And we and we won at Milan with with our, you know. Um, B team uh, with Salah and Mane, but um, uh, yeah, the, if you look at the team that Manchester City uh, lined up against uh, Red Bull yesterday, then then it's probably more an, uh, more of an A team than 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 ours would be um, in terms of you know first team uh, players. So and they lost. So um, uh, you know, I, I think. It would be nice to 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 draw Paris Saint Germain and show them what a team can do against a bunch of individuals. But then again, you know, someone else can do that as well. I don't have a a, a real preference. Uh, I, you know, Benfica is a nice club. You know, it's 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 uh, it's it's a real club with 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 a, with a real crowd. International would be nice. You know, Sporting Portugal would be nice as well. Something like that, you know. Let let let's have a nice game against against a good club, a real club, uh, and not Red Bull Salzburg, uh, preferably because you know um, that will be my preference. But uh, you know, I, I'm looking forward to to the next round. Yeah, I'm. I'm I'm weird. I I always want the glamour tie. I saw the draw for the group come out, and I was like, yes, I love this. I love the glamour. I want I want the big European teams. I don't want I don't want like Manchester Cities and all of these irrelevant teams that have no no significance in the competition. Not even really PSG, but I would like myself to get PSG just to make a mockery of their entire organization. So um Andy, let's just quickly touch on Aston Villa at the weekend. Um I have mild concerns. They're, they, they look good. Um, Gerard, obviously, coming back to it is at home, isn't it? Coming back to Anfield. And obviously, we'll get a, a, a rousing reception from from the stadium. But there's one thing that's kind of worrying me. It's uh, they're, they're excellent at set pieces. 
Um, and do you and I, it will be no no shock that they're excellent to set pieces because the what appears to be very capable, Austin McPhee, is down there as a set piece coach. We know what he did with with Northern Ireland. I think I heard the other day, I think in the, the Euro 2016 qualifying campaign, when we finished top of our group, we scored 16 goals. I think 11 of them come from set pieces. And then obviously the iconic, well, for us, iconic Gareth McCauley goal against Ukraine and Lyon is from from also from a set piece. So it's not something we've coped particularly well with this season. Brentford and West Ham, kind of two cases and points there. Is it a concern for you? Well, all I can say is I hope uh, Austin Mc... the results of Austin McPhee's set-piece coaching is more Paddy McNair corners over the last three years rather than Oliver Norwood and Gareth McCauley combinations in three or four well, years Well, it's funny before. you say that because he, he's, he's, not, he's not with us anymore, which kind of relates to the fact that we think we're good at set-pieces, but actually we haven't really been since he left. But I know, but, he, but we've been bad at them for quite a while now, when he, he was still there. So, yeah, I know, I, I understand he he, um, he does seem to have a knack for it, I think, immediately when he came in. Um, there were a couple of goals Villa scored under Dean Smith, uh, which seemed to be, you know, from his influence. And they're, they're massive parts of a game. You know, if you go 1-0 up in any game, I don't know, care who you're playing, um, psychologically, mentally, that can be a massive, massive thing. Um, and they're underplayed set pieces in football. You know, they can be, it, it can be the it was the difference between West Ham and Liverpool in uh, in that in that Sunday game a few a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago. Um, and these are things that can decide football matches that are tight. And Aston Villa are good. They've spent a lot of money. They've spent the Bailey. Uh, they spent the Grealish money quite well. Albeit Dean Smith didn't seem to be the man to get the the best out of the next phase of that team. Stephen Gerrard certainly is the type of personality who can come in with those big names and can can manage them. And so far, they're riding the crest of a wave. They've had the new manager bounce. It's hard to ascertain quite where they're at, but you look through their side and they've got they've got loads of quality. Um, and I'm worried as well for the weekend. I do think we'll have maybe too much for them. You know, we've been able to rest a few of the players midweek. Obviously, they didn't have a game midweek either. But in terms of the fact that I've been, I'd be a lot more worried for it if we'd gone with an unchanged 11 once again in midweek um, because I think that's going to catch up with us at some point with the, the injury record of this squad as well as the general fatigue of this part of the year. But like as you say, I think you said earlier on and I meant to touch on it, ever since we had that terrible terrible December really when just before Mane went where I think we were top of the league going into it and ended up outside the top four before Mane came back. Um, I think that was the first season Klopp had had without a winter break. Um, and that really affected him and his planning as well. And I think he made a concerted effort over the next few years, especially the year we get 97 points, where we win every game in December. We're unbelievable. We're genuinely unbelievable. It would actually be in, it would be interesting to know, Andy, like how many how many points we've dropped in December since that first season. Where like it, it Klopp gets done by that. It absolutely, I think he underestimates it, um, yeah. and he gets absolutely done by it. Um, and granted, he's not in at the start of the season, and he's just completely unprepared. And since then, as I said earlier on, this is a this is a period of the season now where actually he's turned to his advantage, isn't it? Yeah, and you can see it. It got in his head in the seasons after because he was resting players. You know, I remember a season he rested players up at Stoke in a midweek game, and I think November he rested a load of players in the derby. Controversially, we draw that. Um, and that was all with, with December in mind. And you look at those two, you know, the two games in two days or two games in three days that you sort of have to play over Christmas at some point. And you, you take a look at that. And over the last few years, we've won both the games, which is such a hard thing to do. Um, it's an incredibly hard period in the season. I remember, I think it was his first season he came in. I think we go to David Moyes' Sunderland, who had about six points at the time. Um, and they play us off the park in that second of the two games. Um, now, I know Aston Villa isn't that, but he'll have his eyes on that. And you know, We've got a cup quarterfinal coming up, which I'm sure it'll be a similar team to what played last night. We'll play in that one too. Um, and there's opportunity to manage it, but manage it he has, um, he and the backroom staff have done over the years. Um, so that gives me a lot more confidence going into these next few games than what I would have had maybe um, four or five years ago. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. They're all... Um, 
good for them. I've kind of I've spoken to I've spoken to to you all around this, like kind of the United thing, where I feel like there's a lot of players there that are, look well worse than they actually are, and what Gerard has has done is he's come in there almost with the benefit of not having a Jack Grealish, where he has allocated responsibility around the team, whereas beforehand a lot of the responsibility fell on Grealish's shoulders and, and the rest of the squad, to me, appeared to be happy for that to be the case. Um, and once he goes, well, we saw what happened. Um, there's no real plan. Um, but Gerard's come in there. He's, he's making a player out of Marvellous in the camera in the middle of the park, you know. Um, Tyrone Mings hasn't cost them a goal in, in four matches, which is astounding. And the two fullbacks, um, particularly Matty Cass, look, looks like he can really offer something going forward as well as being pretty solid defensively. So this is a team that's going to come to Anfield with confidence, with the manager's endorsement and the fact that he will be able to instill in them how to react to the crowd. He will be able to prepare them for what that what that crowd will do to them. Not that they will have experienced it before, but um, this might be trickier than it could have been four or five matches ago when Dean Smith was still in charge. Yeah, that's that's true. And you know, I I would have rather faced uh, Spurs um, under the previous management uh, as well. So you know, uh, we're not lucky um, from that respect. But. Um, uh, I don't know how Steven Gerrard will react himself to to the Anfield crowd. So you know, nobody will boo him, and and he will uh, get uh, an ovation, and everybody will be happy until the, you know the, the the match begins, and then um, he he will be in a position he has never been in. So I'm interested to 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 see and observe how he handles um, this new position, not, not being in the red shirt. Um, Aston Villa has some really good players, I, I think. Uh, you, you know, you, uh, I, I think the keeper, goalkeeper, is is is, is really good. Uh, I mean, Martinez, uh, I think Matty Cash is, is a really uh, interesting um, uh, right back. But Mings, um, I, you know, uh, I would always trust him to do something rash, um, to make a mistake, uh, I think uh, Konsa is, is is a lot better than him. But you know that might be me. Um, and, and I know Nakamba from the the Dutch league. And, and and you know when you talk about rash, he he has a knack for for the rash. So yeah, I I, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't be worried about his presence at, at you know he he would play as a defensive midfielder a midfielder and and especially a, a ball winning midfielder type of player but um you know w- with all the the attributes that that our front three and our midfield has i think he, he will struggle um more so than we would uh, suffer from him i think Ollie watkins is 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 quite a handful and and i and i have yeah. uh, yeah, 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 I think he's he's a you know he's he's not the best forward in in the Premier League, but he he, he it wouldn't wouldn't have surprised me to see someone like him with someone with those qualities in in a in a top six team, I would say. Um, and McGinn, uh, <laughs> I really like McGinn. There's something old-fashioned about him. Um, Absolutely, like a John Robertson sort of quality. He looks yeah. like he'll get he'll get fat as soon as he stops playing football. <laughs> yeah, maybe even before that. But yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> he has a you know he has an engine on him right now, and and he can he, and and a real good shot. So I, I think uh, you know there there is a team in there, but you know we are the far better team. And and as we talked uh, about before, if 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 we do what we what we can do, and have uh, you know the, the concentration and the patience and the confidence to do to to trust um, you know the way we play, then I don't think there is much to worry about. You know, much more than than any Premier League team because you know the Premier League is 
filled with with really good teams um and, and you know you, you can't underestimate any team and at the same time i don't think uh, any team can can come to anfield and think that uh, that they have you know more than 50% chance to to get a draw or even a win so yeah, yeah. i i, I uh, again excited um but confident okay so hopefully we can go out there get the result i think that is something that we are very good at we're, we're very good at not underestimating teams and we hear that a lot from the manager in press conferences etc talking up the qualities of the opposition and i'm sure that that's drilled into the players and they understand that well, certainly from the last season, it was probably a, a real lesson that anything can happen if you're not on your game. So until next time, whatever that may be, um, we might have to review four or five games the way the games are coming thick and fast, but we'll do what we can for you. Um, so until then, up the festive reds. <laughs>